What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to Farmers Inside Track, powered by Raid Wheat Industry Services. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. Did you know that the quality of meat is affected by the genetic output of the animal, how the animal is reared, and the nutritional status during production? That's right, Mzanzi. And in this episode, Komoto Mashalono, Transformation Facilitator at Red Meat Industry Services, shares some valuable insights as to why your animals need to be in a state of perfection when it comes to their overall health. Komoto, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. I'm so excited to talk to you about animal health from the meat quality perspective. It's absolutely great to journey with RMIS and having you with us today. What do farmers okay. find challenging? in terms of animal health? I'm going to talk about more on the non-commercial sector because that's where we tend to experience a lot of problems in that industry. So when I talk about your non-commercial sector, I'm talking about your communal farmers. I'm talking about your, let's say, the emerging farmers, abstinence farmers, that category as a whole. So we experience a lot of challenges. Let's say when you look into the animal health, like our farmers, they tend to get knowledge and come into early disease identification. Maybe they'll give me a call in a later stage to indicate that, oh, I have this kind of a problem while the disease have already advanced into a different stage. And one of the problems that our farmers they experience in terms of animal health is their lack of knowledge in not understanding that we have active ingredients in the medication rather than the trade names. So they are more used to trade names than the active ingredients that they get. Example, if let's say we look at Oxytetra, we have so many suppliers in the country which they supply Oxytetracycline as an antibiotic that is used in our cattle and also small stock. So our farmers, you find that they have, let's say, a lot of products that are of the same active ingredient and they use them at the same time when they experience problems in their head. So those are the main challenges that we are concerned as an industry that they overuse the medications and that can also result in resistance of resistance of the medication when coming to parasites. So they get used to the medications. And in terms of animal nutrition, what aspects do they struggle with? I guess now it's the right time to ask about that question because sure, I received a lot of calls around, let's say, June, July, August, September, even now October, that animals, they are like, they are unable to pick up these animals in poor condition and so forth. So a lot of our farmers, they don't supplement accordingly. So meaning they don't understand what is the importance of them supplementing, not understanding that when these animals are in poor condition, these animals, they are not able to conceive in the right way. So that is going to affect their enterprise because they won't be able to achieve the rule of thumb. That says you should get at least a calf each and every year. Again, in the red meat industry, we are not in the bone industry. So we sell meat. So you find the animals being in a very poor condition. So that animal is going to be of less value when it's being sold in the formal value chain. And in terms of meat quality, how do these elements influence it? As I said, example, we are not in a body industry, we are in the meat industry. So if let's say a farmer comes to us in the formal value chain and then they sell the animal that is in very poor condition. So we have a classification system that is in place whereby we need to look at the fed code. So our consumers, they tend to prefer the fed code of two and three. So if let's say a farmer brings an animal that is of fed code, let's say one and zero, 
So that means that animal doesn't have any fat or is very lean when coming to a fat. So there, a farmer is going to be penalized on price. And that is also going to make a little bit of a problem to an abattoir when they're going to market that kind of a carcass because it won't be reaching the required market requirements in terms of like the consumer's demand. And at the same time is that since they don't have, let's say, the proper record keeping on their which medication did they use and when and so forth. As a consumer, you tend to to prefer that when we talk about meat quality, we talk about a meat that is safe for human consumption and has no residues at all. So when looking at the non-commercial sector, because they lack record keeping skills, so they tend to, let's say, give whatever medication to the animals and then they sell that animal at any time. While this medication, they have withdrawal periods. So that poses a very huge impact when coming to the meat quality that we are about to supply to the industry. Also, when looking at the animal health aspect on how does it affect the meat quality, is that we have problems when coming to measles. Measles is one of the major things that is affecting the red meat industry. Because let's say this is the reason why some of the commercial farmers or let's say the feedlotters, they turn not to accept animals that are from prone areas which are known for measles. Because measles is something that a farmer can control at the farm level using the correct internal parasite control and also other management aspects that need to be in place. If let's say an animal enters, let's say, an abattoir and that animal is about to get slaughtered, yes, then it's going to be checked for measles in the active muscles. And if let's say they found that it has two or three cysts, that carcass need to be condemned. So that automatically affects the meat quality. Then if let's say they found that it has maybe less than two and then uh, that uh, carcass, they can be taken to appropriate ways to manage the measles, such as keeping it cold for a certain period of time with a specific temperature that is into place. Recently, I've been very interested in cattle handling or livestock handling itself. I definitely know that animal handling and perhaps transportation plays a role in meat quality. But can you maybe explain to us the process of how that affects or has an impact on the quality of the meat? When we talk about animal transportation and handling, those things, they go in place as a pre-slaughter procedures because as those aspects, they affect the animal's ability to portray its own natural behavior. So when I'm talking about natural health behavior, I'm talking about animal welfare. So pre-slaughter management is important because it affects the animal's welfare and also the meat quality. Animal welfare, we are talking about rights that the animals, they have. Did you know that animals have rights? No, I didn't know. <laughs> yes, animals do have rights. Like we call them animal welfare. So that's what we talk about animals. They should be free in their environment. They should get enough water when these animals are about to be transported with these animals. They should be stress-free by all means. So even when you handle your animal, you should handle them accordingly and in the right way. So when we look at, say, at how these farmers, they handle their animals, it tends to be inappropriate because some of them, they use sticks to beat them. And that is creating a lot of stress. And these animals, they tend to be wild. And then they will come back later in the stage They say, my animals are very wild, I can't handle them and so forth. And that also poses an impact when coming to vaccinations and treatment of diseases on those animals, because now it's going to be a wild animal and the farmers tend to be unable to handle them. But at the same time, when we look at the pre-slaughter stress, that does not only affect, let's say, the management part, but also affect the meat quality. Because if these animals, they are stressed, 
there is a, a possible effect that the pH of the meat can drop. Once the pH of the meat drops, that will in turn affect the meat quality in terms of the meat color, the meat tenderness, the water holding capacity, which can result in a shorter shelf life. At the same time, if let's say meat is a bit darker, that is going to accept the consumer's acceptability when coming to that meat. So automatically the quality tend to drop. So it is important that farmers, they should keep in mind that when they transport their animals, example, they should not, let's say, put animals with horns and the animals without horns, because that does not only affect the animal's behavior when coming to stress, but also that can cause bruising. And when we look at our classification system as a red meat industry, bruising is recognized as damages. So we rank it from one, two, and three, whereby, let's say, it's slightly damaged, it can be, let's say, one. So if, let's say, an animal is being bruised by another animal because the other one has horns, so that part where that animal is being bruised is going to be cut off, and that is going to affect the farmer's pocket. At the same time, as the abattoir is going to affect the value chain, as maybe, for instance, the cut that is being bruised, it's maybe the most expensive part. Let's say we talk about your fillet, you talk about your salad, you talk about your table. That cut cannot be marketed as it is. So that is going to affect the meat quality and overall performance. It's actually very interesting that you mentioned that cattle has rights. To me, what's interesting is the fact that I usually thought that it is from the discretion of the farmer to be able to handle the animals with care and love because they have a passion for what they do. I'm aware that there's quite very strict rules and regulations when it comes to transportation and the way the practice is for cattle handling. It's very interesting to know that they have rights and I think that that is such an amazing component to farming and learning about animal health as well. I guess that's where our role is aromated to ensure because some of these farmers, they are not aware of such. So that's where we are, the trading institute, to provide that knowledge to say, farmers, be careful of this because let's say now you keep your animal to be in poor condition. I need to be there as a technical advisor to say, this is, let's say, winter. You need to supplement your protein leaks. Now it's September, October. is a stage whereby you need to select carefully the animals that are going to resist production and energy leaks. At the same time, now we enter, let's say, it's a, let's say it's, it's summer or so. You need to supplement, let's say, with phosphorus. So that's where we need to link that information to our farmers and to ensure that they give them the right treatment so they can take care of their pockets. And finally, you have mentioned a little bit about addressing some factors within the training institute. What is the role of RMIS in addressing these factors? The role of RMIS in addressing this is that RMIS has a division that is focusing on inclusive growth. So the inclusive growth part, that's where you find your RMI TED, which is a Red Meat Institute for Transformation and Enterprise Development. So within there, we have different objectives that we try to achieve in assisting our farmers. So the first thing, as you can hear the name, institute. So that means that's where the knowledge of the Red Meat is. So we take the knowledge and we take it out there to our farmers to empower them with the knowledge on how do we address this factor. Let's say now when talking about record keeping, we have record keeping books that we distribute, which they are available online. I can also share it to different farmers. And also when you go out to our farmers, they also give them out to ensure that when, let's say, they give their animals, let's say, medications and so forth, they can adhere to different withdrawing periods. 
Thanks so much, Khamoza Mashalono, Transformation Facilitator at Redmeet Industry Services. For more on the topic, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And that's it, app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. From me, Octavis Pandil, our technical producer, Megan Pandafin, and the rest of the hashtag FoodformZanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.